after our previous episode about Six Flags' abandoned New Orleans location, several people wrote in asking us to talk about Six Flags, the company. So here we are, and today on Ungenius, we're going to be doing a deep dive, uh, criminal style, serial style, into where that seventh flag went. Mike. This is a call from the Six Flags Penitentiary. Okay, right (laughs) off the bat. (laughs) Let me explain where the name comes from, because it will maybe explain why there's only six. So the name Six Flags originally referred to the flags of the six different nations that have governed Texas. What? Texas is its own thing, man. I know, but like why? It's like such a strange... Anyway, carry on. Spain, France, Mexico, the Republic of Texas, which if I remember correctly was short-lived, the United States Union side, and the United States Confederate side. And there's some people in Texas who want to be who want to be independent again. So maybe that maybe they will get their seventh flag at some point. Considering this history and this naming for Six Flags, I am going to assume they are based in Texas. Bingo! It's headquartered in Arlington, Texas, which is kind of like in the Dallas Fort Worth area. The company uh, currently operates 27 properties throughout North America, including theme parks, amusement parks, water parks, and a family entertainment center. The company was founded in 1957 as part of a larger organization called, it's a very humble name, the Great Southwest Corporation. (laughs) I mean, I'm assuming they're referring to like, greater southwest rather than just like this is the best i guess we're renaming our company the best podcast company the best podcast greatest podcast company the world's greatest construction on the first amusement park named six flags over texas began in 1960 the next year the park held its grand opening now by today's standards the first version of this property it's pretty small a few live shows and themed areas and just a handful of rides Today, all that remains from that initial slate of attractions at all is the railroad. The park grew quickly to accommodate larger and larger crowds. It was sold in 1966 to a subsidiary of the Pennsylvania Railroad, which was actively pursuing non-railroad investments in an effort to diversify its sources of income. I assume eventually, you know, they rebrand to Pennsylvania Railroad and other stuff. that's, (laughs) That's the name of the company. Meanwhile, Six Flags was busy building two new parks. Six Flags Over Georgia opened in the Atlanta area in 1967, while Six Flags Over Mid-America opened in 1971. You probably know that park as Six Flags St. Louis. Yeah, man. I mean, not you specifically, but people in general. (laughs) Well, who else are you talking to? It's only me here. You don't have thousands of people watching you record this? That's just me? (laughs) Uh, I'm in a theater every week. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you should see what I'm doing. I'm booking this thing out, man. They're very quiet, though. They are. Quiet audience. Well-behaved. Both of these parks opened with more ambitious rides, including log flumes, roller coasters, and more. After these parks were up and running, Six Flags changed its strategy, relying on acquisitions to grow further rather than building its own parks. Six Flags purchased Astro World in Houston, Texas in 1975, 
Detective, Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey in 1977, and Magic Mountain in Valencia, California in 1979. Then, in 1984, the Great America theme park in Gurney, Illinois was also snapped up. That last one's a big deal because with it, Six Flags got rights to Time Warner, Warner Brothers, uh, Looney Tunes animated characters for use in Six Flags properties. During these years of rapid expansion, there were a lot of changes happening behind the scenes. In 1968, the entity that had purchased Six Flags over Texas had merged with another company and was now called the Penn Central Transportation Company. So they, they never... They never added the theme park part into the name. Mm -mm. So they changed the name. Anyway, Bally, a pinball and slot machine manufacturing company, then bought the theme park division from Penn Central in 1982, holding on to it for just five years when Wesray Capital Corporation took over via a leveraged buyout. By the early uh, 90s, Time Warner owned a majority stake in Six Flags, but even that didn't last because in 1998, Premier Parks purchased Six Flags for a total of $1.86 billion, which is about $32 billion today. With Premier writing the checks, Six Flags was able to restart its previous expansion plans, picking up SeaWorld, Ohio, and New Orleans, Jazzland. We all know how that last one ended up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we do. By 2004, the company had a growing amount of debt and started selling assets. The next year, a couple of major investors, uh, including an investment firm owned by none other than Bill Gates, demanded change of the company. You got to use Windows. That's not what he said. Mm -hmm. Uh, That August, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, effectively destroying the park there, like we spoke about last time. The storm only accelerated the company's decline, especially in the eyes of the public, And with Six Flags continuing to sell and close parks, uh, investors started replacing company leadership. As we mentioned last time, in October 2008, Six Flags was warned that its stock value had fallen below the required minimums to remain listed on the New York Stock Exchange. In April of 2009, the stock was removed, and just a couple of months later, Six Flags filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The company continued to operate the parks that were remaining as it went through restructuring, which took about a year. From 2010 onward, the company was rebranded as Six Flags Entertainment Corporation. And throughout all of this, Six Flags has remained centered on Warner Brothers IP, including DC Comics and more. So they were able to hold on to that deal with all the chaos going on. I mean, as we know, Batman and Joker, great, great ride themes, you know? They they are. Um, don't let go of that. Six Flags has taken on multiple projects outside of the U.S., including China, Vietnam, Dubai, and more. Many of these plans surfaced after Six Flags sold its European parks to Star Parks in 2004. Unfortunately, a lot of those projects didn't make it. And today, the bulk of Six Flags' business is in the United States, with Six Flags Mexico and Mexico City being the only full-blown park the company operates uh, internationally. However, Six Flags is currently working on a new park in Saudi Arabia that is set to open in 2023. It will measure a total of 79 acres upon opening and will feature 28 different rides and attractions across six themed lands. Put it on the ungenious travel list, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm good. 
<laughs> I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm good on that one. Well, thank you to everyone who requested us talk about this after the previous episode. If you want to read more about Six Flags and its history, there's some links over in the show notes at relay.fm slash ungeniused slash 152. There you can send us an email uh, with your favorite Wikipedia topic, and it may end up on the list for a future episode. You can also find us on Twitter. The show is at ungeniused. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E, and I'm on Twitter as I-S-M-H. Until next time we go on a wild ride, Mike, say goodbye. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.